Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. One more time, would you please stand? I want to preach to you today the subject, the way, the truth, and the life. The way, the truth, and the life. Reading to you from John chapter number 14. John chapter number 14. Anybody glad that Jesus is resurrected alive and well? We are still in the resurrection season and the life, amen, that he has, that same life as ours. Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Can you say amen to the word? Amen. The way, the truth, and the life. Father, I pray for somebody that needs these things in their world right now. For somebody that's lost their way, they can find it today. Somebody, Lord, that has lies in their mind and in their spirit. I come against those lies, and they're going to find the truth today. And for somebody, Lord, that is finding a good reason to exist I pray, Lord, that your life, amen, would manifest through them. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Just before you're seated, look at somebody and say, by faith, God is going to use me. He is going to use me. He sure will. Praise God. The greatest aspect of God is his name. The name of Jesus is so powerful. I know we refer to God as the Father. He is the Son. He is the Spirit. All three of these are one. Amen. Jesus also claimed to be the bread of life. He also claimed to be the good shepherd. You know, if you really think about it, everything that you could possibly need, God's got it. I remember when the first time I went to New York City, big city, walking down the street and just people everywhere. Now, Kansas City is a big city, but it's not a big city. You know, you can get to almost anywhere here in town in about 20 minutes, but it almost takes 20 minutes just to cross a street in New York City. But I remember looking at these tall buildings, almost feeling almost claustrophobic. But walking down the streets with all of the people and seeing the culture and the setting of that city, 
I realized after seeing store after store after store, I thought, if I needed something and I knew where I was going, I could get it in New York City. And you know what? That is exactly the way the Lord Jesus Christ is. He has become all things that the world has ever needed. We were lost and we needed salvation. He's got it. We were sick and needed healing, and he has got it. We needed hope. He's got it. We needed faith, and he can give it to you. We needed love. He can give it to you. I can tell you, amen, the greatest God of the universe, the Lord Jesus Christ, is here right now. And he has come with his power to meet all of your needs. All of your needs. All of your needs. According to his riches and his glory. Praise the Lord. He said, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the bread of life. He said, I'm the living water that you need. Amen. And he also proclaimed to be three things for the people. He proclaimed to be the way. He proclaimed to be the truth. And he proclaimed to be the life. And here in this moment with his disciples, he's talking to them about things like, I am going away. I am going to suffer. I am going to die. I am going to be buried. But the Son of Man after three days is going to rise again. Peter didn't like that. A lot of them didn't like it. But Peter spoke up and rebuked the Lord and said, you can't do this. You can't die. You can't be buried. You have to live. You have to go here. You have to go far. And the Lord turned around and said, get behind me, Satan. Peter went from being the stone, the rock, the one that the, the very church would begin with to becoming Satan. That is how deep the Lord feels about his word and his way, what he feels is truth and what he feels, amen, life has for him. That you can go from being the friend of God to being called Satan by God. That is why Christians need to pray every day, not my will, but yours be done. Because the last place I want to be is behind what God is doing. But I want to figure out exactly what God is doing, where he is doing it, when he is doing it exactly. And I want to be right out in front because I don't want to miss anything. That's why when the doors of TLC are open, I'm here. If God's spirit is moving, I'm moving with it. If it's time to give, I'm giving with it. If it's time for the word, I'm in it. If it's time for altar call, I'm in it. When it's time to go eat, you better believe I am in it. Amen. Because I don't want to miss anything that God is wanting to do. Praise the Lord. You know, after you start following the Lord, a lot of mental battles disappear. A lot of negative emotions leave your heart. Why? Because God will heal your mind. He'll heal your heart. He will restore your soul. But from time to time, one of the most common troubles and problems that befall all of us, even the most seasoned oneness apostolic, is to battle a troubled heart. It's when you feel like the things that God wants to do aren't going to work out. The plans that God has for you aren't going to work out. And that is when we have a troubled heart. The disciples couldn't see it, that the Lord being crucified and being buried would be a good thing. You think about that. We call it Good Friday. Some of us believe in Good Thursday. 
But for the sake of the most good, for the most people, Good Friday. What really was good about what we recently celebrated, Good Friday? What's good about being betrayed by Judas? What is good about being falsely accused by the chief priests? What is good by being falsely tried by the Romans? What is good by being scourged? What is good by being crucified? What good is that at all? But when you wait until the very end and you see the entire story unfold, you realize the good that the Lord did on Holy Week. And we are experiencing that good right now for this reason, praise the Lord. You know, I'm not much of a baker, but I've seen my wife and my mom get there in the kitchen and make some good stuff. You know, it's amazing how delicious a cake can be with just eggs and salt and sugar and flour. You ever tried to eat any of those on its own? I know some of you bodybuilders like that raw egg stuff, but for the rest of us, not so much. Just a bunch of salt on its own? Not good. I maybe could eat a stick of butter on its own. Maybe. (laughs) But you start mixing all of that stuff together, what do you get? A nice, delicious cake. And that is the way the life of the Lord Jesus Christ is. It doesn't seem good that there was no room for him in the end. It doesn't seem good that he was rejected by his brethren. It doesn't seem good that he had to die. But you mix it all together and the message is sure and the message is strong. He had to suffer. He had to die. So you and I wouldn't have to suffer and die like we were supposed to. You and I, amen, were supposed to go to hell, but the Lord suffered, bled, and died and went to hell so you and I wouldn't have to. That's a good thing. It's a powerful thing, praise the Lord. That's why Jesus was saying to his followers, don't let your heart be troubled at all concerning these things. You know, you have control over how your heart feels about things. You notice Jesus doesn't say, when trouble comes, just pray. When you feel kind of negative inside, just wait, have a good nap, you know, time will pass. No, he said, don't let your heart be troubled. Meaning, take control of those emotions. Take control of those feelings. And he said, if you believe in God, you need to believe in me. Because Jesus and God are the one and the same. Amen. They're the same. He's saying, if you consider yourself spiritual and you got me, you don't need to have a troubled heart at all. And a lot of us can say, man, because he's been with us through hard times. We didn't know what the way would look like. We didn't know what to believe. We didn't know how life was going to be. But the way, the truth, and the life came down, amen, and took our situation and what man meant for evil, God meant it for good, amen. Some of us have been betrayed like him. Some of us have been falsely accused like him. Some of us, as it were, had to hang up and be full of pain and shame. But through the goodness of the Lord, he worked it out for our good And we're standing here today. Praise God. Those of you that have a troubled heart, you've got internal conflict right now. You've got distress in your soul. There is doubt in your spirit. Anxiety in your innermost being. And wondering, is God's plan going to work out for me in my life? You feel today uncertain about which way to go, uncertain about what truth to believe, 
and you're even wondering, what is the reason for my existence? If you feel those things, you haven't done anything bad, but you probably feel those things because you're doing something right. God has his way. It's like you're driving in the car on vacation and the kid's in the back. Dad, are we there yet? Dad, are we there yet? No. Are we there yet, Dad? No. And I think God has got all of us as kids in the backseat of his car and he is driving us, taking us someplace, preparing us for something. And we're wondering, God, are we there yet? No. God, am I there yet? No. God, am I there yet? Just wait. It'll be great when you get there. God, can we pull over? No. God, can we stop? No. Just trust him if you're in his backseat. Amen. Praise the Lord. I feel today we still got a lot of troubled hearts. I remember in 2020 when the news came about the lockdowns. The normal Justin would say, eh, whatever. I'm the type of guy, I don't really pay attention to the weather. I just get up and deal with it, you know. If I came here today with two different pairs of shoes on, I wouldn't care what you'd think. I would just deal with it. If my hair was a little out, I don't, I don't need to be perfect. I don't need a perfect life. I'm just, I just live. I just deal with it. But can I tell you, when I heard about the lockdowns and this virus going around, I feared for my life. I feared for my wife's life, and I feared for my children's life. Now, some of you that weren't afraid, God bless you. Some of you were ready to just go ahead and lick the doorknobs of every door just to prove (laughs) there is no problem. But for me, my heart was troubled. Bishop and the staff, we had a meeting, and we decided we're not going to fight. We're going to stay in line with the civil authorities. We're going to close the, do- uh, churches of, uh, the doors of this church. We're going to set up our phones, and we're going to have Facebook Live Church. And I remember thinking, how are we going to have a move of God through the phone? How are we going to have a move of God without everybody here? And I remember thinking, the apocalypse is here and now. And I don't have enough beans and distilled water to survive it. <laughs> and... And this and that, and I was afraid I'd have to be afraid to breathe fresh air for the rest of my life. I got to tell you, my heart was troubled, church. I think for the first time in my life, what the Lord is talking about, don't let your heart be troubled. I was troubled. I thought, this is the end. This is now. The coming of the Lord is upon us. Take me now, Lord. And I remember, March 15, 2020, that was our last Sunday here. That entire week, I was perplexed. I had anxiety. I had doubt. I had a troubled spirit. One week from that day, on March 22nd, I was awakened that morning, early in the morning, with a tapping on my shoulder. I thought, perhaps, did I sleep in? And my wife is waking me up? Or maybe my kid's waking me up to fix, for me to fix breakfast? Oh, no. When I opened my eyes, an angel of the Lord stood before me. You know, heaven's a great place, but whenever an angel shows up, don't expect him to say, how you doing, buddy? Hope you're having a good day. Oh, no, it's all business for them. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, some will die, but most will live. In 60 days, the church shall regather. There shall be three pandemics 
some shall say four, and the vision ended. I don't know if you've ever had an experience like that, but when you do, when you come to, it's as if you are waking up out of a deep sleep. Let me tell you, it'll take you a few weeks sometimes to process it. I remember coming to the church on that first day, and we had the phones and the cameras up, and it felt so odd. But let me tell you, the first worship song, it was like a full house here on a Sunday morning. And God kept us during that time. I remember on Pentecost Sunday, I remember sitting there, Bishop is preaching, and my heart was troubled. I thought, we're in the middle of a lockdown. Ain't nobody here ready to get the Holy Ghost. Nobody's going to want to get the Holy Ghost during social distancing. And I'm sitting here doubting God. I'm sitting here doubting the book of Acts. But God spoke to me and said, you have no idea what I'm about to do, and I want to do it through you. Don't be troubled about it. And Bishop gave the altar call, and I thought, ain't nobody going to come forward, and we're not going to look good. We're not going to look good at all. To my shock, six people came up here to receive the Holy Ghost. Amen, amen is right. I thought... They're not going to get it. We can't lay hands on them and rock them back and forth and pray them through. I mean, I'm having an argument with God. I'm troubled. And the Lord said, put your shadow on them. I said, God, I'm not Peter. He said, that's right. But the same spirit that was in you is in you and in this room. And I... I remember walking up here on this platform and I thought, this is absolutely ridiculous. And God said, what man calls ridiculous, I call normal. This is normal to me. I said, all right, Lord. And I got under the brightest light I could and I watched as the shadow of my hand passed over that man. Amen. I saw him burst out speaking in other tongues as God gave him the utterance. I went down the line, watched person after person receive the Holy Ghost. Even a healing was simply the shadow of my hand. I've come to tell you my heart was troubled, but the way, the truth, the life, the living word stepped in and said, don't let your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. I've come to tell you a pandemic will not stop the plan of God upon the life church Talks of war won't stop the plan of God upon the life, church. I don't care what you are up against, amen. If God said it's going to happen, it's going to happen. If God said you're going to get there, he'll make a way for you, praise the Lord. I wish the entire church would clap your hands unto the Lord right now and shout unto God with a voice of triumph, hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. The way, the truth, and the life is in here today. Right now, you may be wondering, why am I troubled? I have not sinned. Could it be, perhaps, that you have just simply lost your way? You know, one bad decision can usually lead to a bunch of bad decisions, let me tell you. You start on the wrong track and just... You can just go. You know, like I said, I'm the type of guy I don't really care about the weather. And sometimes I just think things can fix itself. And if I just get going, I'll just get there on my own. And I don't need to worry. Everything is going to be okay. But let me tell you, you get out of the way of the Lord, you're way out of the way. He said, I'm the way. 
Meaning, I'm exactly what you need to have on your journey. And I'm exactly what you need as far as your action goes. My ways. Not only where I go, but how I do things. Sometimes you may not have sin in your life, but you're doing it the way God didn't want it to happen. You said yes to something God said no to. You said no to something God said yes to. And God is saying, you want to get rid of the trouble in your heart? Get back to my way. Get back to my word. Get back to how I operate. I am your way. I remember years ago, I used to sell insurance. God bless all the insurance folks in the house today. Amen. May you write some big business this week in Jesus' name. But uh, they, uh, the company called me up and said, we want you to go see such and such. We think there's business there, but they live way, way out. Some city I'd never even heard of. And I was new, and I was eager to sell, and I said, absolutely, I'll get there. They said, the address is 123 Sycamore Way. That's not the real address, but for the purposes of this sermon, it was 123 Sycamore Way. And uh, I had the little map quest then. This was before the smartphones and all of that. And I'm getting old. I'm talking about before smartphones. <laughs> So I typed in in the map program there, printed it out, got in my car, got my briefcase, got the contracts in there, and headed on out into the country to write some big insurance business. So I kind of got in the vicinity of that rural area. I knew I was there because there was no more pavement. It was gravel. The gravel disappeared, and it was just dirt. The dirt disappeared, and it was just mud and cows and fields. And I finally turned down a road called Sycamore. And as I was going down that road, I was looking and I knew because of what's said on the map, I should be right there. And I watched as that map led me right into the middle of a field. (laughs) And I mean, I'm looking at the map. I mean, some of you all remember those big maps, the big atlas that they put out. You'd have those big things. You had them on the steering wheel. I remember my dad doing those, and he knew how to get anywhere with one of those things. I remember thinking, what am I going to do? I'm already late for the appointment, and I'm right here in the middle of the road, right into a field, and I'm where I'm supposed to be. I backed up, and this, thankfully, even out there, there were signs for the roads. I saw the way drive. I saw... One, two, three, Sycamore Circle. And I thought, which one is it? I don't remember because I never wrote down the way. One, two, three, Sycamore Way. And it took me finally after about 50 minutes to realize they're not on drive. They're not on circle. They're not on avenue. They're not here. There was about 10 different sycamores out there. And it had to happen to me. The last one I found was Sycamore Way. And I finally pulled up to the house And he said, you didn't type in way, did you? And I said, no, I didn't. He said, everybody gets lost that way. Don't you worry. And some of you know what I am talking about. You don't put the exact address in there with the exact numbers, apartment this, circle this, or whatever. You can end up in a field or somebody's swimming pool if you're not careful. And God is saying, there's not a bunch of ways. There's not this way or that way, but there is only one way to go. And I'm coming to tell you, amen, you're on the wrong road, but you are close. 
You are near, but you are not there all the way. And like we've been talking about, Life Church is like a big old swimming pool. There are some folks that are here, you just like being in the pool, but you don't want to get in the water. You're just happy to sit there in a nice chair and sip on that Arnold Palmer and watch everybody jump in and have a good time. And then there's some of us, we don't ever want to get in that deep end. We're just happy with the little floaties and the shallow end. Then there's some of us that are on the diving board doing backflips in the deep end, getting into all of that. I've come to tell you, you got to keep getting closer and closer to the deep end. We'll be patient with you. We'll hang on with you. Amen. But I've come to tell you, you need to get on the right way, the right path, and decide, am I going to get all in here at the Life Church? Because I've come to tell you, we are not a dead church, but we are a life church. And the way, the truth, and the life is here today. And what you see here, you can have it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Jesus said, I am the truth. Let me hear you say the truth. There's nothing like having the truth. That is Satan's greatest attack is on the truth. The truth is simply God's opinion of what is real and what is right. It's what God has said, this is the reality that you need to focus on. And it's one of Satan's greatest tools right now to get us out of touch with reality. To get us out of touch with what God has said is true and real. You know, Satan manifests as a snake in a tree that God said, don't touch and don't eat. And the serpent says to Eve, you won't die. God just knows when you eat of it, you're going to get really smart. And the devil is doing the exact same thing in everything that God has said. Don't touch it. Don't look at it. Don't have nothing to do with it. He is in every device like that throughout the world. And he's saying, don't worry. God's not going to judge you. You won't die. Have a little bit. It'll make you smart. Have a little bit of fun. Do you like my devil voice? Is that a good devil voice? All right. (laughs) But it's deceiving people to think that what God said don't do, it's okay. It used to be the greatest lie that Satan ever told was that God doesn't exist. He told that one for a long time, but I think a lot of folks finally figured it out. But I think the greatest lie that Satan is telling the world today is the judgment of God isn't real. You're okay. You're okay. I'm okay. Let's not judge. No rules. No boundaries. Complete freedom and liberation. That's the serpent in the tree and the devices of this world. And if you are not careful and you start believing those things, trouble will afflict your soul. But God is saying, reach for the truth. Dig in the word of God. Listen to every preacher that you can to find the truth for your life. Because let me tell you how powerful the truth is. If you have the truth, it will make you free. It'll make you free. You don't have a choice in the matter. As soon as you start believing the truth, whether you want it or not, you're going to start getting free. You start living the truth, amen, you're going to put the substances down. You start believing the truth, you're going to get your life right. You start believing the truth, you're going to get free from this, you're going to get free from that, and you're going to become completely sold out to God. That's how powerful the truth is, amen, praise the Lord. 
Jesus said, I am the life. It means that Jesus essentially is the greatest reason for existence in the life now and in the life to come. A lot of us have our way, the way. A lot of us have the truth. Sometimes if you're not careful, life can become so meaningless. It's a question we all ask ourselves sometimes when we wake up in the morning. Why am I waking up? Why am I getting out of bed? What reason do I have? And it's a plague among a lot of people in this world. Most everybody I meet and talk to, what is the purpose and what is the meaning of life? I used to ask myself that. I used to try to figure it out. But for me, I gave up on trying to find the meaning of life. And instead, I've just tried to live a meaningful life. I gave up on the meaning of life. And I've been just trying to find and live a meaningful life life. Happiness is a good thing to have, but it's, it's an emotion. You know, right now I feel, you know, energy right now. I feel, you know, God's about to do something great and I feel joy, but I don't always feel that way. I can't make myself feel that way, but just being in the church, those emotions arise in me. I'm not sad right now, but if I find out the royals or start losing more, I'm going to probably get sad, right? I'm going to get sad. Why? Because of what happens. Happiness is the same way. You can't always just be happy. It comes and goes as it pleases with things in life. But something that you and I can have, if we work for it and strive for it with God's will and God's way, it is a life of meaning. It is a life of pure existence. It is a good reason to wake up knowing that the Lord Jesus Christ has something great for you today. Knowing that the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, already has a calendar for you, already has a schedule for you, already has a destiny for you, amen. Jesus and his disciples were walking one day. And the Lord says, I need to go through Samaria. I need to go through Samaria. I must I must, I need to go through Samaria. Samaria was kind of out of the way. Samaria was unlike the land of Israel. Israel was the land of the Jews, the men and women who worshiped the one true and living God, the ones who have given all the covenants and promises to. And those covenants and promises are still with that people to this day because God swore an oath to Abraham. He even swore upon himself. He said, I'll make your name great. I'll make your people great. And I'm going to give you that land. That's why the devil fights Israel to this day. Because he wants to make God break a promise. He wants to make God a liar. Because God swore upon himself. Meaning if that promise was ever broken for Israel, God would have to get off the throne. And who would try to get on it? Satan. That's why he fights the promises of God in your life. Because he wants to make God a liar. But I've come to tell Satan that God cannot lie. He can never lie. If God says he wants to do it, he's going to do it. Amen. He wants to do it. Amen. But he said, I got to go through Samaria. You know, that was not a land that the Israelites walked through. It was a pagan land, a land filled with exceedingly great wickedness. They were the descendants of some of the Assyrians and Babylonians that were uh, placed there to introduce their culture to God's land. 
You can imagine the tension that was going on there between the Israelites and the Samaritans. But Jesus said, I must go through there. And his disciples probably thought, what business do we have there? You've come to seek and to save that which is lost in the lost house of Israel. But Jesus said, I've got to go there. It didn't make sense to them, but it made sense to God. You know why? There was a woman there who had been married five times and was living with a man that she wasn't even married to. But the Lord knew that that lady was hungry for God and open to prophetic ministry. That is the type of God that we serve. He'll step in right out of his way to put meaning in your life, to give you answers to the questions you've been asking, and to become your God. Amen. That's the type of God I serve. He wants to give your life meaning. He wants to give you purpose. He wants to give you gifts to reach this generation. He wants to use you mightily. Hallelujah. And if you'll just let him into your life and into your world, amen, he'll give you the greatest reason for existence that you ever could have imagined. Praise the Lord. I remember, I know I've shared this story before, but God said, tell it again today. Several years ago, there was a man sitting on the back row here in this church. And uh, let me tell you, I love you if you sit in the front row, the back row. You're sitting out in your car and you're watching me on Facebook. I love you too out there, wherever you may be. (laughs) Amen. We're seated together in heavenly places wherever you sit in the church. But if you're not careful, you think the the preacher doesn't care about the back row. Let me tell you, you want to know who Bishop and I and all the evangelists who we preach to? It's the folks on the back row, all right? You want to hide, get up here on the front row. Front row, that's the spiritual folks. I am kidding. Okay, that's a joke. But this individual that was sitting on the back row, I could tell he was wanting to hide. And just wanting to observe. Let me tell you, observing God bless the people will bless you. It will. But don't think for one minute that God's not interested in you. Because if you get curious about what he's doing, oh, he wants to do it for you. What he does for somebody here, he'll do it for you back there. Amen. And I walked up to this individual a little bit after church, and I shook his hand, introduced myself, and I said, you want to go to get some coffee? And he said, yeah, I'd like that. Let's go. And so I pulled up into the coffee shop, and this is the days when Bishop had Mr. Rogers, you know, up here. You remember that? You know, where's, hello, neighbor, all of that. The church is like a bar, you know, and all of that stuff, you know. And uh, I was trying to get away from the theology and the, and the, and the preaching and the teaching, and I, I didn't even bring my Bible in there. I thought, I'm just going to go in there and get to know this man and drink coffee and just you know, share a few stories and get to know him and be his friend. I walk in there, and he's already sitting there with a hot cup and a stack of about 10 books. And I just, and I sit down, no pleasantries, no friendly this or friendly that. He said, I got some questions for you. If they come here, they're interested in God. I figured that out. They're thinking about it. They're interested. And he said, all these books here say this. And I looked at all of the books, and they were books that really don't line up with a lot of our theology. He said, this book here says that this type of person is saved. This book here says that that type of person is saved. This book here says this and this and this and this. And then he pushed his Bible in front of me. But you say the Bible says this. And I was so shocked I never had anybody start a meeting like that. And I could tell he, was, he meant business. 
And I was about to go into old Justin mode and open up my Bible and say, well, Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You know, the men and brethren asked Peter, what shall we do? And he said, repent of your sins and be baptized, every one of you. I was about to go that direction and point it in the Bible and just preach and teach and really get after it. But something took over me in that moment and something blurted out of my mouth that I'd never said before. And really in the circumstance, I know I've preached about it, but in the circumstance, I've never said it since. I said, well, what do the Marines say? Kill them and let God sort it out. And if we got any Marines in here, God bless you. Thank you for your service to this country. We love you. And I, I closed my mouth and I thought, what did I just say to this man? I've ruined it. I've blown it. I'm not even a Marine. I don't even know where I heard that. Where did that come from? And I looked up at him, and I thought he was about to walk off and say, I'm offended. See you later, buddy. But I looked up, and I saw this man who had a scowl look on his face, reared back and began to laugh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I saw tears coming out of his eyes. And people were starting to look at us, and I'm like, we're okay. We're just studying the Bible. It's okay. No worries. We're fine. And he said to me, Preacher, what you don't know is my family's got some property up there. And uh, I got a Smith & Wesson in the car, trying to keep this family friendly as possible. And he said, I asked God for a sign. He said, because I, I just don't think I can trust churches ever again. I don't think I can trust preachers ever again. But I asked God for a sign. And what you said there is the exact sign that I asked God for. He said, I was ready to go up to that property with that thing in my car and end it all. But the Lord has spoken to you what they told me in the Marines years ago. And that's the very sign I asked God for. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust this church. I baptized him just a few weeks later. And he's alive and well to this day. This Lord knows everything about your life. He knows what you're thinking about right now. He knows what you want to do tomorrow. He knows everything about you. Eddie, what he wants to be is your life. He wants your life to center around him. Meaning if I have no Jesus, I have no life. He wants to be the way for you. Meaning if I don't have God, I have no way to live. He wants to be your truth. Meaning if I don't have Jesus, everything is a lie. If I don't have Jesus, everything is deception. Nothing is real. And what the Lord wants to know is today, are you tired of having a troubled heart in this time and season? Are you ready to lay the burden down and believe in his plan and trust his process and let him become the way, the truth, and the life. Praise God. Let's all stand together. Jesus said, I got to go away. I got to go away. 
Not that I don't want to be with you, but I got to go and make a place for you. You know, God is hospitable. You show up, he's going to have a good thing set out for you. He said, in my father's house, there's many mansions. Not in heaven, there's many mansions. But in my father's house, there's one house where there's many mansions. It's going to be one house because we're all going to be one big family with one God, one father. Praise the Lord. What he's saying is in my father's house, there's many rooms and even the rooms are excessive. Individual rooms in the one house are like big estates. And that is just the beginning of what God has prepared for his people. He wants to be the way. He wants to be the truth. He wants to be your life. Not only here and now, but in heaven someday. If you've got Jesus, you're headed for good things. If you've obeyed his gospel, you've got good things. Don't let your heart be troubled about where you're working at right now. Don't let your heart be troubled about the chaos in the home right now. Don't let the trouble be there because of the report you got from the doctor this week. Don't let your heart be troubled by it. God said you're going to pull through. You're going to pull through. He'll make a way for you. He'll be the truth for you. He'll be the life for you. I wonder if there's anybody here wants to lay down the burden of a troubled heart here today. The altar is for you. If there's somebody here today, amen, that just wants to get a glimpse, amen, of the mansion one day that you're going to have. That's your your reward coming one day. The Psalter call is for you. If there's anybody, amen, that wants to believe in God all over again, the altar call is for you. If there's anybody, amen, that just wants to have special time with the Lord here today, the altar call is for you. If there's anybody who feels like the woman at Samaria, amen, you feel like God would never want to talk to you, never want to sit down and have a conversation with you. I've come to tell you, he stopped by here in Kansas City today to have a convo with you. He's come here today, amen, to spend time with you. He wants to be the way for you. He wants to be the truth for you. He wants to be the life for you. I come against the trouble that is in your heart right now. I say unto you, an increase of faith is coming to you here today on Sunday, April 23rd, 2023. I pray, amen, that belief comes into your heart with the plan and the purpose of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, somebody get a hold of it right now. Somebody call out to the Lord with it right now. And say, Lord, whatever you want, that's what I want. Where you're going, that's where I'm going. What you said is real, that's what I think is real. Hallelujah, what you have for my life, that's what I want in my life. It's you, it's you, it's you. I want you, Jesus. I want you in every part, Jesus. I want you in my mind. I want you in my soul. I want you in my house. I want you in my car. I want you where I work. I want you where I walk. I want you where I go. I want you, I want you, I want you. Because if I don't have you with me, I can't go. And I want to spend all eternity with you, Lord. And if I be with you in eternity, I want you here in my life now. Hallelujah. Come on, every hand raised right now. Reach for the Lord right now. Reach for him, reach for him, reach for him in Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.